0: Everything's so straight, everything's in line well, let's put everything in place Everything's so cool, like my clean lap pool I want to leave the human race Yeah, we're
1: talking with Jack Derwin on the Sully Dog Blues and Roots Rock oh, it then Yeah, talking about his background, how he got into music And uh, all the things he so does It's
0: so pristine, I want to put a little dirt somewhere Show grew, never hurt. We'll by, somewhere.
1: Welcome Jack Derwin to Solid Dog Blues and Roots, it's great to have you on the show after all these years of listening to some great material coming from uh, out of Sydney town and right around the country, uh, welcome Jack.
2: Uh, welcome and thanks for having me. Fantastic, uh, you've been playing
1: a long time now and a lot of different places, where did it all start for you Jack?
2: Well I, I guess uh, I, was, I was born and bred in Sydney but uh, during my youth uh, I did uh, have an extended period of time uh, growing up in northwestern New South Wales and I suppose that's really where the roots of the music started for me, a kind of good old country town. A uh, place called Narrabri. Uh so it was like you know, um, flooding one day, you know, drought the next, the next month, you know. So it kind of it tested, tested the whole things. And being it being a, a not really a born and bred local, it was a little bit of acceptance coming uh, from Sydney to to a kind of a remote place like that. Which um, I, I guess music for me was the crutch. Really, it, it kind of um, you know really helped me. Um, You know, be myself, I suppose, really.
1: Yeah, look, a lot of your songwritings uh, sort of have shades of Australia in it. Is that to come from Narrabri, do you think?
2: Uh, Yeah, I think that's where it really started. My my mother had been actually born and bred in the place, and um, she lived very remote and very rural and grew up in that sort of atmosphere before she moved to Sydney at a young age. So um, I I guess it was, you know, inbred in me to a lot of degrees. I really protested actually going there to live when I was at that young age, but uh, after a few years, I really, you know, uh, and then particularly later in life, I really understand and the value of actually me living there and uh, discovering my roots and um, you know it was it was an amazing time really when I look back on it.
1: Yeah look a lot of your music is um, uh, rhythmic is that, is that a fair to say? Is a lot of driving rhythm in your your songs? <laughs> yeah,
2: probably <laughs> because I'm not a great lead player. <laughs> <laughs> but where does
1: that come from? Apart from that? Uh,
2: oh, gee, I don't know. That's a funny, funny one, really. I remember I had a I had a duo many uh, I don't know, a couple of decades ago, should I say, uh, with a mate of mine, and he was a drummer and uh, he was a percussionist, and it's sort of sort of uh, we we did get this rhythm thing happening, and yes, it, mm-hmm. I have it has been described before, you know, the the rhythmic side of... I, I suppose it stems from playing on your own a lot, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, the old stomp box and the rhythmic playing. I do like, you know, finger-picking and some open styles mixed into it, but I can't help myself occasionally. I've got to kind of, like, really, you know, thrash the death out of the guitar sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you
0: know?
1: Well, it's certainly a great sound you get. And um, tell us about... What, what's the, what's your what's your setup when you're playing live?
2: Well, look, I'll, I'll take anything from either two to three guitars... Um, uh, you know, you, I, I take my Trusty National, which is um, an El Trovador uh, resonator, uh, and the specs on that were, um, come from uh, originally, the, this guitar was made in about 1933, so they, they come out with a new version of it, and I bought this one in 2010, and the specs are, are identical to the uh, 1933 version. So it's kind of, you know, it's a typical resonator, except that um, it's all wood, uh, along with the with the cone, and um, it's, uh, it's all mahogany, so it's got A very woody, um, uh, resonating kind of sound to it, so you could almost play anything on it really, but it just does have that definite resonator sound. And then the other guitar that I I tend to use most of the time is a Martin um, 0018 vintage guitar, which is relatively new as well. I've got a number of guitars at home, including an old Hummingbird, which I've used over the years and and that, and still bring it out occasionally. And um, yeah. Is it always acoustic for you, Jack? Or Look, it is. Yeah, Salty, it is mostly acoustic for me. Um, though when I do some recording, I, I've got this, um, I've got a 1964 country gentleman, Gretsch country gentleman, which I actually bought in um, in LA uh, or many years ago, and uh, I, I kind of went through a stage, you know, I did a couple of band things and I used it, but um, I sometimes overdub with it, and just gives it a little kind of country twangy embellishment on a few songs and that but mostly look at it it is mostly acoustic for me even though when you say acoustic my pickup system kind of you know i can kind of raunch it up i use an overdrive pedal on um dare i say it on 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 the on the martin because i'm using like you know uh uh, magnetic pickups and that on sort of so get get the best of both worlds when i play really
0: to keep you satisfied,
2: little applications gonna roll your
0: eyes. Keep
1: looking. Hey, we're together with uh, Jack Irwin on the Silly Dog Blues and Roots. Yeah, and a few tracks from his latest album uh, put out mid, uh, in mid 2016 called Bent.
0: Everybody wants their day. Look at me, but keep that anvil. No reality at play. Looking for the answer Keep the demons at bay A bit of intuition will keep that ball in play Keep looking and looking and looking Open up your eyes someday
1: yeah, and look, your, your sound's quite unique. Um, you, you can never mistake a Jack Derwin <laughs> gig. Um, and the voice, um, is singing something in your family, something you worked on or something nat- came naturally, how
2: does it fit? Geez, I don't know. My mother always said she couldn't, she, she didn't have a, she was tone deaf, you know, so it didn't <laughs> come from her. It might, it might have come from my father. Apparently my father was not a bad singer. Uh, my grandmother, um, strangely enough, uh, uh, musical things I really remember in my family is my grandmother. Mother and she used to play a button accordion, and uh, and the only song I really ever heard her sing was like Denny Boy, you know. So, yeah. Um, 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 so yeah, I don't know. I think it's just probably from you know being switched on at a young age to a couple of different things in my life. Yeah.
1: So um, what were those influences? Gonna, <laughs> that's a leading question. <laughs> it's also an
2: embarrassing one too, really. I can remember. Abba? Like, <laughs> no, oh no, 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 not as embarrassing as that. No, no, it goes back to. So, was, sorry to all you Abba fans. Don't oh yeah yeah me too um but um i remember it at the ripe old age of 10 sort of sitting in front cross-legged in front of the tv and this 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 dude comes on on the tv with a black face and and um and then it was like um what's this what songs he's you singing well it was the old uh, al jolson story starring larry parks you know and i thought man that I love that you know and um, and um, so and and then some years later I sort of realised that hang on Larry Parks is an Al Jolson (laughs) so so I went looking for the real Al Jolson the real 1927 jazz singer and uh, discovered that and still loved it and just I love all that loved all all that vaudeville stuff you know Eddie Cantor and all that sort of stuff it's just just theatrics behind it and, and the voices were you know kind of unique to their time and you know and Jolson's particularly had that you know like kind of real raspy and, and he had a blues voice there's no right. doubt about it you know you listen to him sing something like Rocker by Your Baby you know it's a blues song there's no doubt about it you know yeah. and then years later of course the Beatles and stuff but anytime the Beatles did something bluesier with a harmonica like, Jen, or like Lennon did it was like hey that's it you know and then for me later in life um, my real turn on to music originally or for originality was um, John Martin yeah. from uh, the UK, and uh, he, that Solid the album he produced in 1973, would be the one I would take to another planet.
1: And uh, yeah. uh, of course, the other question is,
2: what was it about John Martin that struck a chord? Good, good question. Uh, just put goose bumps on my on my arms, really. I think, you know, I, and what I love about him is. Um, is what I love about any music, really. I mean, I've got a thing on my um, uh, Facebook page, um, the musician page, which says... um Purists and enter, enter at own risk because I'm, <laughs> I'm not a purist by any any means of the imagination when it comes to blues you know i love i love interpretations i love the way people do things differently um and john martin was um was a master at that you know he had tunings like try and work out his songs man it was like you know what is that tuning it's incredible and he, he you know you can't define him His blues his jazz his rock his folk you know and, um, mm-hmm. and all mixed in one and, uh, and that's what I love about him really uh, and his voice it's just like oh you know it's just it's, it's magic yeah
1: he had a lot of restrained um, vocals in his stuff too wasn't there
2: Restrained, yeah. Well, yeah, there it is. Yeah, like when I first heard him, I thought like this... You know, they talk about Tom Waits sounding like an old drunk, but like, man, you listen to um, (laughs) John Martin, it's like, you know. But there's just... The thing about John Martin, unquestionably stands out for me is emotion that's the thing with him you know like he's just so full of it in fact I remember one of his ex-wives saying that like you know he put all his passion into his music and mm. there was never enough left over for me and that's and that really does sum up John Martin I, I saw a clip of him later not long before he died you know he looked a real mess before he died but um and he was singing a song man you could hardly really understand the words but like he had tears streaming down his face in the studio when he was singing this song and then that's was just Was that something. the one about my father was a gambler? Yeah, I think it might be, yeah, yeah, I can't remember the song. Yeah, some, I played that on the show, it's yeah. a, his last
1: album actually.
2: Last album, yeah. Some
1: other people it finished it off for him after he passed on. Yeah, it? yeah. It's a, it's a masterpiece.
2: Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, 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 Well, it's I have to, like, to be frank, I haven't really heard the whole album, you know, I've just heard a couple of snippets off of it myself. I can't get past Solid Air, I'm stuck in the past. <laughs> <laughs> the other one I really do love was uh, Bless the Weather, it was yeah. another album that I loved of his as well, yeah. Yeah, but-
0: My battle was a gambler. Gamble every day.
1: Resonator, a kid in Narrabri yeah. end up with a resonator from a national resonator.
2: I didn't end up with a Narrabri. It took many years, yeah, really. It's it's in fact, I only really to be honest with you this is, I'm really being honest here I, I I have I've only it's only been 5 years since I've owned a resonator you know yeah. so um and so it opened up a new world and it freshened things up for me and I just just love it yeah, yeah. just love it and um you know I, I I just continually leave it in a stand not saying in an open tuning cuz that's the um just the way I love the sound of it and um, you know so it's nice to have the standard tuning the open tuning on stage and and just, you know, flip between the two. So, um, yeah, uh, I don't know um, what turned me on to it. It, just, it was just a progression of things, you know. Yeah, I've got to eventually get one of those. Yeah, which, well, fair enough. I think, i tell you when it was. I was doing a gig in Byron Bay, I think it was at the Rails in Byron Bay some some years ago, and there was a guy, guy in the audience, and he actually had one out there, and he said, Hey, Jack, you want, want to play my resonator? And it, it was in it was in actually standard tuning at the time, and I said yeah okay cool you know so yeah. So he, he give, gave it to me on stage there and then and <laughs> I think wow this sounds different you know and, and I just played it and it th- yeah. instantly felt great and there, and yeah, there you, the, you go there's
1: some dirty ringing going on yeah there was the yeah. spun cone down yeah, there there was yeah that's right yeah. The, yeah, the, the, uh, yeah. Was they were originally made to get out of the top of um, the brass instruments weren't oh,
2: they oh they're so loud I mean yeah. this, this, the one I've got is like just you know man you could hear it you know Five kilometres away, it's just it's just it resonator, yeah. It's loud as almighty, but um, uh, yeah, I mean, sure, I'd listen to different people um, playing um, playing resonators and stuff like that. But if you go back to you know the old the old guys, you know Skip James and stuff like that, they didn't have resonators. You know they were playing like old standard sort of box guitars and stuff like that. So not not all the old blues dudes had had resonators. You know, Um, so um, some of them did, some of them didn't. Yeah, they
1: had plywood top. Um,
2: plywood tops. and
1: um, yeah. Your mail of specials. Yeah,
2: I know. That's yeah.
1: right. this yeah. goes your show, it doesn't matter yeah. about what you got. It's no, no, no. It's yeah, there. what you do with it. That's yeah. right. That's yeah. right. Now, tell me, Jack, you've been playing around a long time. Uh, you've always been Sydney-based? Uh,
2: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. You know, like um, uh, apart from my, you know, stint in the country, uh, which you know I left there at a fairly well. I left there when I was about twenty. I uh, went to New Zealand for for twelve months after that, and um, and bummed around there with a backpack and a guitar. And it was probably the first time I really got a. I remember mean, I was in Queenstown and was offered a gig there five nights a week um, at the age of 20, 21, And uh, I thought, oh, this is all right, isn't it? You yeah, know, make some money doing this, doing what you love. So I came back to Sydney. I've based myself there ever since, but. Of course, you know I've you know I've done some overseas travel and played. You know, always like to spread my wings a bit. Keep going back to New Zealand and try to get up to Darwin and places like that. You know, around the country, where, where, wherever people have me, I will go. <laughs> and what's your latest record that's out? <laughs> and
0: if I was.
1: Yeah, we're talking with Jack Doe and about his um, music uh, on Sully Dog Blues and Roots. And um, we're going to talk about his latest record, but the latest one is Bent and um, came out after we did the interview. So uh, bear with us, Stonehounds. Here's a track from the Bent album uh, just called You Make My Day. track 20 years younger
0: 20 years ago now I am a father
2: well look uh, the last two one, one was covered all in blue in 2013 the next one 2014 was rocking on a calm sea both very well supported by the Australian blues and roots charts uh, got to number two uh, consecutively um, and then I'm I'm looking at. I'm actually almost finished a new one, uh, which will be due out probably two or three months. Probably, uh, you know, maybe looking at September, October this year. Um, I remastered some tracks that I did an old thing called Bend It, um, and uh, and I thought that's what would be the project a remaster of that but it's ended up being oh hang on i've got some new songs (laughs) so i've just sort of done a whole bunch of new stuff and so bend it will probably end up being bent and um with you know more new songs and and some remasters of that 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 track you know with some embellishments on it so yeah that's the project for this year
1: so i mean you you 've got a big repertoire, but I mean your um main uh, attraction I think is the the Australian songwriting you do and um, it 's not always the same as everybody else 's which is great i mean there 's sort of different sounds and, and um, different sort of um, uh, the the lyrics tell a different story sometimes and the, and, the, and the 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 driving the guitar work tells a story so where where's your songwriting come from? Um, what's it? What, do you have any sort of like um, overriding sort of thing that drives you in songwriting?
2: Um, yeah, I, it comes back from from John Martin again. Just and and the, the one word that sticks out with me with him is originality. You can't miss. You can't misplace someone like. As soon as you hear the the very first note, you know it's him. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, look, I you know I, I wouldn't sort of say you know put myself in anyone's shoes but um, I think the overriding factor for me is I've always just like you know I, I like things that are different um, and um, and you know I like to be able to say oh as soon as I hear someone the first call to someone that oh yeah I know who that is you know um, that, but I actually think that's what makes Australian news uh, Australian blues music so different to the rest of the world anyway you know the yeah. likes of Jeff Lang etc you know and I know he doesn't call himself a blues singer but hey Jeff you know you do blues sometimes right? and um um, and 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 the fact of the matter is, um, you know, it's different. It's different to American blues, you know. And there's a lot of stuff going on around about, you know, the roots of blues music and who who has a right to play it and sing it and and all this sort of stuff. But um, you know, we do it differently here, and I think I think that's a good thing. And and um, yeah, you know, let's write about our own themes. Not to say that in the show, I'll do some standards. I love you know, I love standards, and you recognise and you pay tribute to those songs that really kicked it off. You you know, but when it comes to blues, I mean, a lot, a lot of my favourite blues artists, um, sorry to say, folks, but are uh, really the white guys, you know, like, I mean, I go back to the blues explosion of the 60s and stuff, and I love John Mayle, you know, and and all that sort of stuff, you know, they really, don't really probably turn me on to blues as much as anyone,
0: yeah. you know. Right now, mama. Right now, mama. can kind Love till you don't love like the tide for another shore. When I dreamed. Of-
2: like that period, you know?
1: Yeah, I yeah. think I bought the blues alone
2: when I was sixteen yeah. for two dollars. Yeah, you know, I still play it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, same here. And uh, so, so you know, that sort of blues really did inspire me, you know. And I thought, wow, that are doing blues and it's a bit different. And so, like, I think the themes, you know, like if you're you're going to write about blues, well, write about blues. That that's true to you, you know. That yeah. that's um, means something to you, you know. It's not doesn't always have to be about me and my dog, you know. So when you're
1: traveling around, sorry, salty. Um, that's okay. <laughs> Uh, nothing wrong with me and my dog. <laughs> yeah. um, when you're when you're travelling around, who's the audience that comes to your shows? I mean, is is, is it the same demographic to use that term, or is it? Really Gee, that's mixed? an
2: interesting one because um, um, I, I don't know about that. I really, I've I've tried to sort of analyse that over many years. It really, it it depends on where. Where you go, you know, um, like, you know, if you go up to Darwin, say, for instance, um, you'd be surprised how it, it's very varied, you know, that you'll you'd be amazed how many young people really get into what you do. They kind of like that, that rootsy things. Where you're in Sydney, it's tough, you know, it's tough, it's a glitzy town, you know, it's yeah. tinsel. Cheesy town, you know, like you—you got, you got, you got to find a pub that really suits you. You know, I yeah, do a do a gig down at down at Roselle near Balmain, you know, and um and you know all the old dudes sitting around the bar, they love it, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, and then you get know, other people there, you know, younger people that kind of sit there. Oh, they, you know, they, they they like it as well. So it's different, you know. I don't know. Yeah, I can't really answer that too much. It's just um, um, I, I tend to find that the most people who buy CDs are the older. Yeah, you know, yes, yeah. you know the only you know no one has. This place, Everybody this else place. is downloading. That's yeah, right. That's We're right. Getting for free. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. Which is another another yeah. for Another interview. I think. Yeah.
2: Older people tend to go to festivals more, so you tend to sell more CDs at festivals. That's that right. Of thing. That's
1: <laughs> right. And and so so what drives you to travel? I mean, because you're Sydney based and you play around there. And you have done And I thought you at one stage were like full time musician, and now you sort of mix it up with other things.
2: Yeah, I do. Yeah, look, I went through a, you know a crazy period uh, where I was full time, but to, to be a full time musician in Sydney and really live off it, you've really got to sell your soul to different things. You know, it's like um, you know I was doing you know clubs and things like that, and you know I couldn't never help myself by throwing in a blues song. You know, well if you did that, you wouldn't get the gig. You know, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> so at the end of the day, I just said no that's it, can't do that anymore, you know. And then I, the irony of that is that, sure, yeah, I don't, you know, I've got to do other stuff as well, but um, but I reckon the last eight to ten years I've probably done the gigs I've loved more, you know. You know, I, I think it's just being true to yourself. Then you know, like if you're doing all that other stuff, you know, people from festivals and stuff are not going to sort of ring you up and say, you know, hey, uh, we love what you're doing, but not all of it, you know. So, um, right. um, you know, um, it's just being... Being very certain about what I'm doing now you know just sticking to what I do is when I go and go into a bar in Sydney and play I think well you know what um I can't please everyone I'm just going to do what I do and they're either going to dig it or not you know yeah and um and the time they see the honesty there and do you, you pick
1: up things on the on your travels Darwin you know doing uh, down the east coast yeah what do you pick up best from being a travelling musician,
2: um, yeah, well, it's not like I'm on the road constantly. I'm not like what what happens for me is I sort of do these periodic things through the year, where I get windows of opportunities, and I'm not on the road for months or weeks even at a time. I might be just you know do a two or three week sort of tour, you know. Um, gee, um, climate, <laughs> <laughs> especially in Darwin, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, hot, sultry, um, uh, humidity nights yeah, you know yeah, yeah. that's the thing that probably drives that and probably reflects in a song like that you know I've got a song I've got a song called Going Back to Bangalore" as well Well, and uh, you know it talks about humidity and sweat and you know slide yeah. guitar and all that sort of stuff so I suppose you know yeah
1: so, so what are some of your favourite songs I mean it's like saying who are your favourite children but uh, have you got some favourite
0: I was scared out of my wits looking for a way out and yeah,
1: talking with Jack Owen uh, of Land of Oz uh, about his touring, touring around and playing and um, some tracks of his new album just called Benny Hey
0: like a box, on in the back of my truck when the water
1: Drag, uh, always, always... React to a gig and if
2: you'll do oh, you own. you mean that I play yes oh well look it, that would be across of your own writing of, right? of my own things yes yeah, yeah. look um, yeah the, there's a couple I suppose I, the, what, you know like it depends on what, what I'm doing currently and if people will come along and say hey I like that song that you recorded and I, I must admit I get a, a lot of people saying there's a song I've, uh, two versions actually on my last two albums I've uh, the, the reason being is uh, it's called when the blues is going down when I put versions one on the first album it was like which one will I put I like both of them I don't know so then when I did the second album Rocking on a Calm Sea I putting okay I can use this one now you know yeah. and a lot of people do request that song and I think because it's a little bit of a story in it you know when the blues is going it's a bit of a travelogue thing too you know heading up to Byron you know gigs on Johnson Street you know talks about going to Darwin down to the Arab Valley you know, or, you know in the east coast of Australia so it's got a kind of like it paints a picture really so um, I kind of like Playing that one, um, and uh, it's a nice, it's a good feel as well. Yeah, or even the even that back to Banglow one is, is kind of, you all brings out the hillbilly in me. You know, it's kind of yeah. open uh, tuning and slide. So yeah, you know, one one's on resonator, the other ones on the other guitar and standard tuning. It just, yeah, it's you know, I don't have a favourite for one or the other. It's just um, just the mood of the night really. You know, um, I never really stick to song lists <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that that well. I, I tend to kind of I'll do a basic one and think oh, now skip that one let's do this one now you know yeah. so it's always trying to read the mood a bit really or my mood really you know because really I think ultimately it's your mood that's really dictating the night if people there be yeah. attentive to what you're doing as opposed to in the old days what's the yeah. mood of the room what should I play that's when I got into trouble yeah I reckon yeah you know
1: not not doing uh, the stuff that you were. Uh... Well, you're
2: trying to think, you know. when you've got some someone in one corner singing out, "Can you play this?" And then you, and you think, okay, if you play that for him, you might have ten in the other corner thinking, "Oh, why did he play that?" You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, uh, you know, so you've got to kind of take take the reins. So
1: where's it go from here, Jack? Is a more songwriting, more travelling, more recording?
2: I, I'm I'm a little. I'm needing a break. Uh, I, when I say break, I've just um, since covered all in blue, bang, uh, rocking a calm seat, bang, and now this latest venture bang and in, in between doing you know some tours and some some uh, shows and stuff like that um i'm just scraping into my last recording sessions when i get back to sydney i'll um be finishing i'm um, getting my head around some mastering over the next um month or so and my head will be stuck in into the mastering mode uh and remixing mode so um and then after that You've got to give your head a break from that. Yeah. Yeah, it just gets very saturated. And um, and then just focus on doing gigs. So you started
1: playing, really, when you were 16, 18?
2: Uh, even younger, really. Younger? Yeah, yeah. I, I started, you know, I could probably say I could string a song or two. I don't know how good it was. Around about 14. Yeah. About okay, 14.
1: you've got three young guitarists in a room. Which one will succeed? Uh, how do you mean? If you had three young guitarists in a room, what characteristics would you say would make someone successful?
2: Oh, okay. Um, Well, the first word that comes to mind is passion. Um, Yeah, passion, and um, I'd want to see that. I'd, I'd want to see... For me, it's all about feel as opposed to tricks and techniques. And, I mean, I really admire, like, I play with guys that I consider much better technicians than me, you know, and I go, I'm in awe of them, you know, and I get them into maybe, you know, do some recording for me and stuff like that. So don't get me wrong, I I love that, you know, and they've got passion and all that as well. But ultimately, you know, um, I, I, for me, I would just love to see that, you know, less is more. I love air and music. I love you know. You just hold back, just give it space, and and ooze the the passion, and uh, and that's what really drives me, and that's what I that's what turns me on.
1: Yeah,
2: really. And
1: so uh, that's the sort of things you want to look for in a young musician. To um
2: oh, I think so because because the technical stuff can come as they get older and as they grow, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: You can't buy passion. You can buy...
2: No, exactly, (laughs) you know? Well, sure. And and at a young, tender age, then sure, it might be hard for them to have the maturity of the passion and stuff like that, but, you know, they can still have sensitivity and and learn how to, you know, like feel.
1: Yeah.
2: It's got to... They've got to have the feel for it, you know? You can have a blues musician that's playing everything right and all the techniques but you know what it's like. Yeah, blues is all about feel, that's right, and that's right. that's what it is.
1: Play a, uh, you, my uh, my um, tester for a blues person is play a song in one chord.
2: Yeah, and,
1: and and some people refuse; they walk off. Yeah, it's amazing. And yeah. uh, you, you think of John Lee Hooker and you know, those. Yeah, was one chord and a riff. One chord and a rap. And uh, wow, yeah. you think it sounds like an orchestra. It like, does. You know, it's just like yeah. where, Where's all this? Uh, yeah, you, and,
2: hear, you hear it in your own head. And if it was a young musician, I'd say okay. Like if you're not getting straight away get that one chord and just do it for half an hour just until you feel where you want it to go you Mm -hmm. know get the groove get the get the inspiration get the get the mojo working in it you know like and persevere with it on that on that one chord it's, it's, a, it's a good example you yeah. Know?
1: yeah. well thanks Jack for giving us some time on Solly Dog Blues and Roots, we love your stuff and um, we're looking forward to new material coming out,
2: Thanks, Holly. as yeah. we do
1: as a radio guys always look for new material but um, you've put in some great stuff in the past and um, uh, doing great live shows around the country where we really appreciate
2: what you're doing and wish you well in the future and, uh, and likewise I appreciate the support as I'm sure many other musicians around the country do as well, thanks mate Yeah, we've been talking
1: with Jack Derwin and, and uh, about his playing and travelling and musicianship. And cuts from his um, album, Bent, which is the uh, one he talked about there on the interview. We'll go out with the one uh, Hong Kong bar.
0: Sailing a Hong Kong bar Sweet dreams of your darling. 16 Making love In the belly of an old Freight train Well life was simple and easy Oh well so